Coming up on today's podcast, a bit of this. Tended to hang around the phone hoping that she'd ring and I could pick it, it up. What would you have said to her? I think I would have said, hello, how are you? Alright, yeah. <laughs> That's it. And a bit of this. I think for the people at home, I think it's best to actually consciously peel your potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Modern Art is Rubbish, episode number nine. Number nine. <laughs> yeah, with every episode we get a little bit older and a little bit wiser. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Tom. You're, you sound very wise. Right, have a listen to this, Tom. Mmm. Mmm. Well... Were you wondering what that was? That was my own little piece of artwork. Honestly, I thought it was the doors. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we are looking at a movement called Fluxus. Uh, do you know about Fluxus? Well, you told me uh, we were going to do an episode on Fluxus yeah. and I had to look it up on Wikipedia. Yeah. I was like, yeah, great, Fluxus, but I didn't really know what you were talking yeah. about. So I looked it up and I noticed it involved Yoko Ono and I'm familiar with her. Oh, cool. My favourite Beatle. <laughs> yeah, so the first thing I think we better talk about is what constitutes Fluxus art. So Fluxus is where art and life intersects. And the artist Joseph Boys once said, even the act of peeling a potato can be artistic if it's consciously done. But surely, he says it's consciously done, but surely the act of peeling a potato unconsciously could be fluxus as well. Well, yeah, that is the problem, you know. You can't define what fluxus is, but I think for the people at home, I think it's best to actually consciously peel your potatoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that would, well, that, well, that's just for health and safety, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is, it's so hard to pin down. I mean, even... They asked one of the people behind the Fluxus art movement what it is, and this is what he actually said. George Machunas, what is Flux? That sounded, that sounded a bit like a pig oinking. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a fluxus pig, if it was. Yeah. He's very very evasive, as all of them are quite evasive. The thing is, is fluxus can be anything. I mean, it, it could be a intermediate event. So it could have not just artists, but musicians and poets. It could be a music performance involving household instruments or a strange sporting event, such as imaginary football, a painting, made in the mind from a set of instructions. It could be a small puzzle box or a board game uh, that's usually made in multiple editions that comes with a set of random incomplete instructions. It could be an all-white chess set or it could be a vegetable chess set. Have you ever played veggie chess? Um, No, I, I guess uh, do the pieces uh, represent the chess pieces or do they have their own special vegetable moves? I don't know. I don't know what the uh, what kind of veggie moves there are. Well, I guess a potato could roll one one square in any direction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a, a, a carrot would have to go in a straight line, wouldn't it? <laughs> so another example, right, uh, of a Fluxus game is by George Brecht. 
and uh, he created a, a bead and swim puzzle. And what it was, was a box that contained several small plastic balls of varying sizes, and two of them were black, one was a larger white one, and one was a tiny red one. One set of instructions read, arrange the beads so they are the same, and another one said, arrange the beads so they're different. Yeah, you're not going to be able to play that game for long without getting bored, are you? No. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to maths with four beads of those colours, there's only a certain amount of combinations that fit in with those rules. But I guess maybe, you know, he went into art after he got rejected by uh, Warrington's or Waddington's. Warrington's. Who Warrington's. makes games? <laughs> <laughs> Who is it that makes Monopoly? Oh, uh, Waddington's, I don't know. Waddington's, <laughs> Waddington's. Yeah, so I mean, you get rejected from your application for making games and then maybe you just thought, well, the Fluxus movement, they'll have me. <laughs> and I guess that's maybe a good thing about Fluxus. They seem to, like, anything seems to go there. So to any uh, budding people out there who've uh, been rejected by a job, maybe uh, get into Fluxus. Yeah. <laughs> On to before Fluxus, because Fluxus actually came out of uh, uh, the experimental music of John Cage, who since the 1930s had been making very, very different music and trying to question what music could be. And one of his most famous pieces was uh, 4 minutes 33, which was 4 minutes and 33 seconds of musicians sitting and doing nothing and the idea was that the sounds that the audience would make and the sounds, the ambient sounds, that was the actual piece. Yeah, so I mean, it was more a live piece because I guess transferred onto album, it's just silence, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't really work. I think a lot of people thought that it was just silence, but it's not. It's, it is about the, the sounds that you hear around you. And also, I should mention that Fluxus, in part, was influenced by Dada, which is a nonsensical, anti-establishment and satirical art movement, um, which was established during World War One. And of course, the the Grand Master, the the great sort of uh, person that everyone looks up to in the Fluxus movement, was Marcel Duchamp, who we have spoke about before, and there is an episode on him. Yeah, so he was like some years before the Fluxus movement because he was 50 years prior, wasn't he? Or 40 years, whatever it was. Yeah. And he and he wasn't so well known then, so it wasn't really till Fluxus came along that he became a, a gained notoriety. Is yes, that right? yes, that is correct, yeah. When did the Fluxus art movement officially start? In 1963, a Lithuanian-born American, George Machunas, walked onto stage at an arts festival and threw copies of his Fluxus Manifesto into the audience. Um, And part of the manifesto read, Purge the world of bourgeois sickness, intellectual, professional and commercialised culture. Purge the world of dead art, imitation, artificial art, abstract art, illusionistic art, mathematical art. If you go back to the late 1950s, early 60s, the uh, art world was very, very stuffy, very rigid, and there was clear ideas as to what could be art and what wasn't art. 
So the Fluxus art movement spread across three continents and included many artists such as Joseph Boys, Yoko Ono and Nam June Paik who was an early pioneer of video art. George Machunas was born in 1931 and emigrated to New York in 1948 and he was trained as an architect and graphic artist and he was a real prankster and a troublemaker and he regularly got in trouble with the New York authorities engaging with them in a form of fluxus art combat. Um, for example, he, he had buildings in Soho, New York for the fluxus artists to use. But what he did was to get around uh, zoning laws. He registered them as being for agricultural use. So he regularly got arrested and subpoenaed. And when he received these threatening letters from the New York state, he'd respond with rude letters and on occasions he would use strange photos of himself, such as himself in a gorilla mask. A gorilla mask? What's a gorilla mask? A gorilla mask. Yeah, well, you'd think he should dress in farmer's outfit, sit on a tractor in his photos. Uh, yeah, well, it would have been better, wouldn't it? <laughs> Show vegetable chests. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, other chess sets are available. He went on to create flux films and organise events and create objects and some of which I'll talk about, some of his artworks I'll talk about today. And he died in 1978. And Flux's events do actually continue today, but the big years of Fluxus were from 1963 up until his death in 78. And he has created uh, objects and he's created uh, performances. And one of his was a, a piano composition, which was called 12 Piano Compositions for Nam June Paik in 1962. Nam June Paik, the video artist and also a musician. And what he did, what he does, or what he did, was he wrote instructional piano pieces for performances. And this one consisted of 12 compositional pieces and each of them had an instruction. For instance, composition number one was Piano Movers Carry the Piano Onto the Stage. That was a, a composition, so there was no musical notes in the composition. Well, I don't know if you dropped the piano, I suppose. It might have made a little bit of a noise as it moved. Composition number nine. Draw a picture of the piano so that the audience can see the picture. Okay, yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. In, in C-sharp yeah. minor? <laughs> C-sharp pencil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 One event that George Machunas dreamt of but never actually achieved, although recently it has been done, was something called the Flux Olympiad. This was a sort of playful sporting event that would include things like stilts soccer, so you can imagine playing football on stilts, a team loop race, which several people get inside a loop of material, a bit like being a human tank tread, a flipper race. Another one was imaginary football. Tom, what do you reckon to that? I think you'd do a bit of imaginary football. Yeah, I like imaginary soccer. football because I can imagine football on stilts, you still get quite competitive. If I was playing, I'd probably do a lot of fouls. Yeah, but if you do a dive on stilts, <laughs> you've had it. Yeah. yeah, you've had it, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, it could be quite dangerous, but imaginary football, you know, is everyone wins, don't they? Well, no, I think there's even winners and losers in imaginary football. I, I would be scoring a lot of goals in that. In your flux head. <laughs> yeah, but they'd be really, really good goals, man. 
imaginary celebrations and you know lots of dreams would be coming true i think in that event for me perhaps i'd still probably foul people i was a bit of a tough tackler yeah but i mean no one would get injured that's the thing i like about that one because it kind of removes the competitive element from it a little bit when it's the imagination yeah but i always used to say i was going for the ball what in in your imagination or to the referee? Well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got another one which is where they go running in sponges, spongy feet. I've seen that one as well. It was actually recreated in the Tate Modern. What? So you're so, running with sponges on your feet? What on top of a canvas? No, it's a, a sort of indoor running track. You put sponges on your feet. And then you go for a run. I quite like the idea of that. I mean, it's not, it's unlikely to make it as an Olympic event, isn't it? I don't know if you get prizes or if they handed out medals at the end. But I've put a video link on the site. On to Yoko. I don't know why I whispered. Yoko. <laughs> Yoko Ono is a multimedia artist and pioneer of performance art. And she was born in Japan in 1933 to a wealthy banking family. And she moved to the US in 1953 to study, but she dropped out to work on artistic practices in New York. And she met John Lennon in 1966 and they collaborated on many music and art projects, including uh, the Two Virgins album, which was an experimental music in which uh, Yoko creates noises and yelps and hums with her voice. And John Lennon creates experimental tape loops and noises in the background. And also worth mentioning, uh, a work they did together was their 1969 Fluxus bed piece in which they stayed in bed for two weeks. Uh, to protest against the Vietnam War and to call for peace. Now, she was in the news, was it last year, as she got a songwriting credit on the John, John Lennon song, Imagine? Yes. He was directly inspired by one of her written work. Yeah, so how did she gain that? Because it was from her Grapefruit book, wasn't it? Yes. She did these things called imaginary artworks. And one was, for instance, a cloud piece, which said, imagine the clouds dripping, dig a hole in the garden to put them in. And I think John Lennon saw that and thought, oh, imagine. Yeah, in Grapefruit, a lot of the pieces just start with the word imagine, don't they? Like more than half the pieces in the book are like, imagine something or imagine this or imagine that. Yeah, so imagine all the uh, people living in whatever. I can't even remember the lyrics. I can't even remember the lyrics. (laughs) Well, you can, you just said them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine all the people living in wherever. Yeah, living in Worthing. (laughs) (laughs) go on yeah imagine all the people living in Worthing Worthing's near Brighton yeah so all all I'll say about Worthing is it's got a couple of supermarkets or a couple of really uh, useful shops that sell hardware and stationery that we don't have in Brighton and above it's only sky yeah (laughs) (laughs) she did another one which was called Flypiece Right, I'm going to do fly piece for you. Do you know fly piece? Can't remember it, but go on, yeah, go on. Fly. That's it. A nice. Yeah. <laughs> that is actually. I've never read something with the titles longer than the actual body of the text, the actual main piece. Oh right, yeah, nice. What about this one? Would you fancy doing hide and seek? 
but this is a special kind of hide and seek. Okay. Right. Hide until everyone goes home. Hide until everyone forgets about you. Hide until everybody dies. I mean, some people live their life like that, don't they? Well, yeah, but what do you reckon they're actually just doing the Yoko Ono piece? And they just read that and just thought, oh, no, I'll do it. Okay, there is one that she does. Bandage any part of your body. If people ask about it, make a story and tell. If people do not ask about it, draw their attention to it and tell. If people forget about it, remind them of it and keep telling. Do not talk about anything else. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's just like, that's just comedy, isn't it? Yeah, but that's the thing. Fluxus can be about gags. That is one of the key things. It's about having fun and play. It's like a child. Yeah, so she's done these instructional pieces. And she's also done things like created objects. I actually worked on on her exhibition years ago. And one of my favourite pieces she had was this thing called a box of smile. So what you do is you could, there's a box, well, not, you don't have to do anything, but there's a box and on the top of it, it's got a box of smile. Yeah. And then when you open the box up, there's a mirror. And then when you look inside it, of course you see your mouth and you end up smiling. It's actually really difficult not to smile when you see it. Yeah. When I was there, there was a telephone and if it rang, it was Yoko. So what I did as someone was working there is I tended to hang around the phone hoping that she'd ring and I could pick it, it up. What would you have said to her? I think I would have just said, hello, how are you? All right, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Right. Uh, for those of you that have listened to earlier podcasts, we did a piece on Marina Abramovich where she became the uh, an object and the audience were allowed to do various things to her with uh, objects on a table that she'd laid out for them. She would have been directly influenced by the 1965 Yoko Ono uh, work called Cut Piece. And it was one of the first ever performance art pieces. And what happened was that Yoko Ono knelt on the stage and members of the audience were invited to cut away at her clothes with scissors. So they were invited to take away a small piece and cut away while she sat there passively. This is actually what she said in an interview about the piece. It was a form of giving, giving and taking. It was kind of criticism against artists who are always giving what they want to give. I wanted people to take whatever they wanted to. So it's very important to say you can cut wherever you want. It is a form of giving that has a lot to do with Buddhism, a form of total giving as opposed to reasonable giving. Yeah, it's a lot of John Lennon, Lennon lyrics in in what she does and how she does a. You know, you can you can hear the influence she had on him. Oh yeah, instant giving's going to get you. Another piece I remember for the exhibition, which I really liked, um, was called Half a Room, and this was made in 1967. And what it was was an installation of various domestic objects, and they were cut in half and painted white. And the objects included things such as uh, half a radio, half a picture, half a heater, half a chair, half a bookshop, half a bookshelf, um, and half a garbage can. And the thing is, is at the time, she was estranged from her husband and she got the idea she was uh, lying in bed and her husband had obviously been out and, uh, I don't know, been up to his uh, strange husband things, whatever an estranged husband does. 
and she noticed there was an empty space where he should be. And I really like it because it says to me, you know, objects only have meaning when there's a human story behind them and a connection with them. Yeah, nice. They're really good. And that actually was sponsored by John Lennon. That, uh, yeah. So it was about a strange husband and John Lennon kindly uh, kindly sponsored it. Yeah, so he himself was an estranged husband at the time as well, wasn't he, I guess? Oh, yes. I think he was, when he met her, he was on the rocks with Cynthia, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, um Koono's still making art today and she's quite she's quite prominent on Twitter. It was only about what five, six years ago she became the, the oldest person to ever have a dance number one record. Nice. So if you were gonna like uh, create a bit of artwork yourself in tribute to Yoko Ono, what would you do? Um Well, I think I did a fluxus piece when I was a kid. Basically at school, I was about about twelve I suppose. We were asked to uh create a bald game and I created a game based on Monopoly called School Topoly. So you know like with Monopoly you have uh, you have like Park Lane and you've got all the streets, uh, Old Kent Road and you have houses. What I had was I had school rooms like the history room or the geography room and I had books instead of houses and I had kind of, I must have been influenced by Fluxus without knowing it. I created chance cards. Uh, one of the chance cards said, give the person sitting next to you a dead arm, uh, which for people who don't know is just punch your friend in the arm. And the final chance card, which if you got this, it would end the game. And it was take all the pieces for the game, glue them to the board and sit under the desk for 10 minutes. So we actually did that. And the teacher, nice. the teacher came up to and asked us, what are we doing? And I explained the rules. All right, yeah. She didn't actually question it. So maybe she was a secret Fluxus uh, fan herself. Well, she was an art teacher, I guess. Yeah, yeah, there is a point there. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. (laughs) I think that wraps up our our Fluxus pod. Um, So I'd just like to ask if people would join us on modern art is rubbish on the facebook page and also you can get updates and more information and videos for stuff that we talked about on uh, our website also uh, an itunes uh, review that'd be good and please remember to subscribe and thanks for listening and uh, i suppose we better say our our, our buys Bye, bye. Oh, really yeah okay all right bye kenzie <laughs> bye kenzie can you get kenzie to say bye this time no, Kenzie's Kenzie's gone off. She's got Kenzie business to oh, get on with. She's gonna go and climb in a piano or something. Yeah, yeah. Alright. Alright, ta-ra. Bye. Bye.